Welcome to Married to Murder. I'm Clint. And I'm Summer. And we're a true crime podcast. Where I tell him all of my favorite true crime stories, and he's hearing it for the first time, just like you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a tale of murder. Hello. Howdy, y'all. We're back. And they just turned everything off. Probably. If this is their first episode <laughs> that they've ever listened to, they definitely turned it off. Oh, my God. I apologize. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I guess What I sh- was that? I don't know. <laughs> my brain works in strange ways. Is it because you're wearing a Toys R Us shirt that you had to sound like an infant? Hey, I don't want to grow up. Nobody does, but nobody wants to sound like that either. Don't be bad talking Jeffrey now. Nobody's talking bad about Jeffrey. I'm talking bad about you. <laughs> uh, you, you know I got to keep it inter- interesting. That wasn't interesting. That was weird. Weird. You want to redo it? No. Do it in your deep voice. <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> that was a creepy deep voice. That's not your normal deep voice. Yeah. Oh, I guess they deserve a few bloopers and funny stuffs. It's supposed to be funny, though. It's funny. You shut your mouth. What happened? Shut your whore mouth is what you're supposed to say. Well, I didn't want to let everybody know. That's just the saying. I know. <laughs> All right. What you want to talk about? I don't know what you want to talk about. Murder. 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 True crime. See, our listeners don't want to listen to what I want to talk about, because then they wouldn't be listening you to the podcast. You have no updates? Sadly, no. No. I've heard nothing more of our uh, fun that happened up the road from our house. I don't know what else to tell you. Neither do I. We do have complaints about like, I would like to complain about the people who keep letting their children die from fentanyl. Yeah. That, yeah. Is, that is not okay. No, instead of giving your children fentanyl, you take it yourself and weed yourself out of the gene pool. A one-year-old dying from fentanyl did not happen on their own. Sorry. No. No, it does not. happen. And we've had two babies in the last, what, year? Die from fentanyl poison down here? Something like that, but that's just... In our area, too. Yeah, just imagine what those numbers are. Nationally? Yeah. Watch your babies. Loved them. Better yet, don't bring illegal substances around them. Right? What a thought. What a possible consideration. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. It makes the most sense. You would think. All right, so we're going to get right into it then, since you don't have anything weird to tell us. Uh, how about Go Tigers? That's not weird. That's amazing. <laughs> and look, I wasn't even going to do it. I had been a good girl. We had put a stomping on them elephants. I'm, I'm going to be good. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, because we're not a sports podcast. We talked about it too much last time, so Probably. I'm going to be good. But... Go Astros, too. Yeah. Congratulations, Alex Bregman, and the rest of your team. Watch the LSU game live, and then immediately switch over to the Astro games, which she had recording. <laughs> I might have done that. Yep. Yeah. She Worth might be it. A little, she might Worth be a little it. bit of a weirdo. 
and then watch Joe, part of Joe Burrow on Sunday. They won too. It was a good weekend for sport. What about the Saints? Did they win? No fucking clue. <laughs> no, I have no clue. Why? I don't even. I don't even know if they played. I, why not? Because I. Because they're playing Monday night football, so they're playing tonight. Oh well, see if you knew that. Why are you telling me? Look at you. Because you're supposed to be the sports person here. I don't normally like pro football. I'm literally watching the Bengals because Joe Burrow is their quarterback. Okay. If they trade him, I will probably never watch the Bengals again. I just really like him and Jamar Chase. Also, Shaquille O'Neal was at the game Saturday, so God bless Shaquille O'Neal. Hey, they got hit for 500K Mm-mm. total this season. It wasn't. The other one was 100. You sure? Because I heard it was both, they were both 250. No, I think last time was 100, and this time was 250 for coming onto the field. I don't see what... Why it really makes much difference, to be honest. Because the article I read said the violations go up the more you do it. So, no, like, I'm, I'm talking about why the SEC is so concerned about fans storming the field. Safety. Yeah, but you know But what? guess what? The fans don't have to pay for it, so they don't care. Exactly. So they're going to continue to come on the field. They're what are you going to do? Care. Put up a 30-foot glass wall between the fans and the stadium? We had enough pro f- football players and basketball players at the game that they can cover it. We'll be fine. Exactly. All those LSU alumni that were there that are big stars now, they, they're probably like, hey, LSU, we got this. That's what happens when they want to play next. <laughs> so. All right. No more sport. Sports is done. Finito. And you brought it up, not me. It's because I figured you was going to do it anyway, so I, I didn't. You no punch. I didn't. I wasn't. I was going to be a good girl. Okay. We have rambled enough. Let us get on with the show. All right. We are talking about Ashley Reeves. And who might Miss Ashley Reeves be? We're going to get to it. Her story is going to be taking place in April of 2006 when she is 17 years old. Mm, prime age for doing stupid things. Yep. But she's not the only teenager, so, you know, these things happen. Hmm. She was born to Michael and Michelle, which I thought was interesting, on November 30th, 1987, and she has a younger sister named Casey. That's just the two girls. And she lived in, actually still does. Oh, so we have a survivor then. In Milstadt, Illinois. Oh, I'm sorry. Apparently she likes it. And in 2006, she was a junior at Columbia High School. Okay. She had a boyfriend named Jeremy Smith, and they had been dating for two years. And in 2006, Jeremy was 20. He's a little bit older than her. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's still a little problematic, but still. They were like 18 and 15 when they started dating. Yeah. Ish, depending on how their birthdays fell. Yeah, depending on birthday, yeah. I don't love it, but apparently her parents liked him. Mm, liked him or not, up until a certain age, uh, he could have gone to jail. Only if they were sleeping together. They're teenagers, what do you think? I don't know that they were. Maybe they were. What do you think? 
I also don't know the age of consent in Illinois. Nor do I. I know it in Louisiana where it's important to me. Sadly. All right. Anyway, so April 27th, 2006. It's 3.30 p.m. Ashley's parents see her leave. She is headed to a job interview at a shoe store. And then she plans to play basketball at a park, which she frequently plays basketball. That's her thing. So she's a basketball fan and player, apparently. Yes, very much so. Now, she had switched cars with Jeremy. She was taking his Jeep because she was going a little bit further for the interview. So the day before, she had gotten her car, his car. Okay, what type of car was her car? Because Jeeps get piss poor gas mileage. They never said. And they are not safe in most situations. I don't know if hers just wasn't dependable because they never say. They just say that they switch cars and that she had Jeremy's. Uh, her car must be an absolute pile of shit then. Well, maybe she just wanted her boyfriend's car. Like you want your boyfriend's jacket just to prove you can get it. Or maybe her AC didn't work and she wanted to have AC for the longer drive. That's true. I mean, this is April in Illinois, so I don't know what the temperatures are. Uh, April in Illinois. I guess it could just vary, honestly, depending on the... They probably have hot or cold days in April. I don't think they get anywhere near as hot in April as we do down here. I'm sure not. I can guarantee that. Ashley had a curfew of 10 p.m. Reasonable for a 17-year-old. She was really, really good about meeting her curfew. Something tells me since she brought it up, she did not meet her curfew. She does not meet her curfew this day. And by 1030, her parents are like, this is not like Ashley. And they're really worried. But they start calling Jeremy and all of her friends. And none of them have heard from her either. Jeremy hadn't talked to her since like lunchtime. Okay. Then her parents report her missing. And this is one of those times where the police actually jump on this. A lot of times you have them say, well, she's just a teenager. She just ran away. She ran off with her boyfriend. She ran off and did this. She's doing drugs, blah, blah, blah. But they actually took this serious. Well, that's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Otherwise, we might not have a survivor story. We shall see. (laughs) So they said it was because... They, I don't know, the officer said that he could hear it in the mom's voice. But I feel like all the moms that are, like, freaked out are like that. So I don't know if he was just more sensitive. Maybe he had his own kids. These officers seem to be really good. Well, that, that's a good thing. There's actually a movie on this story, and I watched it. Oh, did you now? I did. And I probably heard little bits and pieces of it. No, and- you were at Chris's. I was working on our cars then. Exactly. That's why I watched it when you weren't here. (laughs) I was being productive for once. For once. I owned it. I wasn't going to deny it. And they also said that a lot of times kids will run away or if they're off doing something they're not supposed to be doing, they won't answer their parents, but they will answer their friends. So the fact that she wasn't answering any of her friends. I can see that. And none of her friends knew where she was. Was the problem. They're like, yeah, you might ignore your mom and your dad because you're going to get in trouble when you come home because you're late. But if you're out 
doing something, you're probably doing it with somebody. But here's the thing. More often than not, if you know you're going to be out later than your curfew, nine times out of ten, I'm willing to bet if you call your parental units, your parents, your mommy and daddy, whatever you want to call them. Guardians. And say, hey, I know my, I have a ten o'clock curfew. Things are coming up, yada, yada, whatever. Can I stay out a little bit later? I would be willing to bet more, more often than not, you're going to get the okay. I mean, it depends on school night versus non-school night versus... A few factors, yeah, but... You know, what is the thing that came up? The car broke down. My friend is upset and broke up with her boyfriend. I have to go console her. I'm strung out in a drug den. You know, <laughs> I don't think you're going to call it. That's what you're doing. But, you know, it's variety. I'm just saying, be responsible. And chances are, you get a little leniency more often than not. Honesty goes a long way. I mean, not that this technically applies in our in this situation. No, it doesn't. But just general life rule. Police actually locate Jeremy's car 15 minutes from her home, abandoned at a park. Okay, so do we know if she made it to the job interview? She does not. Okay, so that gives us a time frame. And this is not the part that they thought that she was going to be playing basketball in. This is actually closer to her house. Because they initially thought that she was going to be playing basketball closer to where the job interview was. Her interview clothes and all of her basketball stuff are in the car. But no Ashley. Hmm. Okay. And as we've talked before, they start close. So who they bring in? Hmm. The boyfriend first. They bring in Jeremy for an interview. And Jeremy says he saw that her on Wednesday night. When she came to pick up the car. Right. And then on Thursday, he talked to her around noon, but he had not talked to her since. Okay. Now, Ashley's friends, simultaneously while they're interviewing, you got multiple police officers working on this case, so... You got one set of police officers doing interviews in the um, station, and you've got another set of officers that are out looking for, her and another set of officers that are interviewing her friends. Because when you're a teenager, your friends know all your business more than your parents. Well, yeah. Well, her friends are like, uh, he's been hanging out with this older guy to play basketball a lot. Ooh. There we go. There's the answer to your problems. So they asked Jeremy, because they've got him in the interview room, and they're like, her friend said that she's been playing basketball with this older guy. What's up with that? Or, you know, is she dating somebody else? Like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. She's not dating anybody else. That's just Sam. It's no big deal. Do we happen to know Sam's age? We're going to get there. Ah. And he's like, you know, that's just Sam. It's no big deal. They just play basketball together. And they were, he was like, you know, they're like, kind of like hedging, like, are you not suspicious that she's hanging out with this guy? And Jeremy's like, no. He's like, she would never cheat on me. And 
Sam's not like that. He wouldn't do anything. <laughs> That's what they all say. Right. Like, Sam wouldn't do anything with her, and Sam would never hurt her. And they're like, well, how often are they... Can, can I go ahead and call bullshit now? You can, if you'd like to. I, I, I'm going to go I ahead cannot... And... <laughs> I, I, I cannot a, comment, but you can if you you can always call bullshit if you want to. I, I'm calling bullshit at this point. Not on what our boyfriend is saying, but uh, on Sam's intentions. He tells them that Ashley and Sam talk alike it, about three times a week. Mm, if I was a boyfriend, I would not be overly excited about that frequency. He says in the interview that he walks away and gives her her privacy when she's talking to Sam. Hmm. That's why I don't know that Jeremy is this let me take advantage of you type of guy. I feel like he's kind of naive. Yeah, you may be most right guys there. would be like, this is my girlfriend, why are you calling her? No matter who you are. They wouldn't be like, oh, this guy, I like him, we're friends. But he trusts him. They all do. Police go back to her friends and they're like, so she's been playing basketball with this guy and talking to him on the phone three times a week and they're just friends? Like, what's going on? And they were like, well, Jeremy doesn't know, but they're romantically involved. So they're playing a little bit more than basketball. And Sam is nine years older than her. He is 26, Uh, and his name is Samson Shelton. Yeah, we're getting into some legality issues here, I think. He's a teacher. At the school she goes to, I'm guessing? Not currently. He actually started his career at Ashley's school in 2001 at her middle school when she was a seventh grader. So he oh. But he now Ooh. teaches P and driver's ed at Freeburg High. Oh, no, no, dude. This no. relationship did not start in middle school. That's just when he met her. But he was a teacher for her in seventh grade. Doesn't matter if the relationship so started in middle school or not. When you met her, you knew the age gap. You knew how young she was. He remembers her. Exactly. From middle school. That that pegs the moral corruption Like, even if she was, like, 19 when their relationship started, I still feel like dating your middle school teacher is just weird. At any age. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird. Especially if you know it's a middle school teacher. Mm. Now, maybe if you start dating and then find out later, okay, you were a teacher of mine prior, and I forgot, or we forgot. That's a little different story. Still, I feel like that would somehow come out. It's still weirdness, but if you know, that's even weirder. He definitely knew. <clears throat> Moral compasses are not set correctly in this situation. Yeah. So he's a 26-year-old teacher, so of course, he has a ton of students that have crushes on him. And this guy is very charming, very self-centered, very confident, very cocky. So he's he a typical douchebag? Yeah, he thinks he's very hotty patotty because these teenage girls think he's hot. Of course they do. They think any, when you're 16 and you're a teacher under 30, they're going to think you're hot. You could still be ugly and they would still think you're hot. Like, 
And he's ne- he's neither like super attractive nor super ugly. He's just av- he looks like every like average white guy. Like that's what he looks like. <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy. Uh, he these are his char- let's charming attributes for the twenty six year old with a seventeen year old. He was an aspiring professional wrestler. Are we talking like WWE or actual real wrestling? Like WWE, but not on that level. Like not, you know, like smaller crowds. Want to know what his name was? Guess. I need you to guess. Captain Douche Canoe? That's better, but that's not it. Dingleberry? Nope. Dumbfuck McGee? The teacher. No. The amount of creativity. Uh, my head hurts now. Thank you. And he lived with his mommy and his grandmother. Wait, what? Oh, Lord. Apparently, they had money. And his grandmother was like the patriarch of their family. And, like, what she said went. And they had money. So he lived at home because they had this big house. And he, I don't know what he was doing, but whatever. It's just weird. It's one thing if you're living at home to save money. It's another thing if you just have this weird relationship with your mother and your grandmother, which he does. More on that later. Oh, Lord. And... I'm not sure I want to know more on that later. All right. So he is her seventh grade teacher. They, he goes to a different school. She grows up. She's now a junior. In February of 2006, they are out at their version of Montegraw. And Mm. she is with her boyfriend and her friends. And they run into him. And he, like, the girls remember him. Her boyfriend knows him. Like, Jeremy knows him and says, like, hey. And then he's got Ashley with him. And they start talking about, like, oh, hey, I remember you. And the other girl's like, oh, you know, all the girls thought you were really cute. And he's like, oh, I remember you, Ashley, because you were special. And... Uh-huh. It- <laughs> They start talking, and he's like, well, why don't you come meet me at the park to play basketball, blah, blah, blah. So they initially start all playing basketball together. You do realize the weirdo meter is, like, getting... It's not great. It's getting over here. Not great. Because he knows her age. He knows she has a boyfriend. (laughs) He knows all of this. If you're an adult, when you meet somebody in puberty, you should not date said person when they get out of puberty. Well, she's got a boyfriend that she's had for two years. There's a power dynamic here that's an issue. There's there's a whole bunch of shit here that's a fucking issue. He may not be a teacher at her school, but he is still a teacher. He is still an authority figure. And Mm -hmm. it's just inappropriate in so many different levels. I guarantee what school he's teaching at find out about this. uh, He ain't going to be teaching that no more. While police are doing interviews... 
Ashley's parents get their phone records because, of course, they pay her phone bill. So they well, can pull yeah. the records. So they start calling every number on the list. And they notice that there are numerous calls to this same number that they don't recognize. Would it happen to be Mr. Sam's number? It was. And Ashley's mom and her sister call the number. Now, Michelle knew that Ashley had been playing basketball with Sam. Mm-hmm. She knows he's a teacher, but she is not suspicious of him. He is very charming. He is very manipulative. And she thought he was just a mentor. Obviously, that was not correct. You know, she was worried about, oh, you're going too fast with Jeremy, not about Sam. Something's fishy here. They call and, you know, they're like, hey, we're looking for Ashley. And he's like, oh, I haven't seen her. And he's like, oh, I'm sure she's fine. Like, so he doesn't give off any, like, really red flags, but he also isn't very worried about where she is like everybody else is. Now, because his name keeps coming up, of course, police bring him in for an interview the day after Ashley goes missing. As one would. Because the park where Jeremy's car was found was actually close to Sam Shelton's house. Okay. And they bring him in for an interrogation, which actually ends up lasting 12 hours. That's not an insignificant amount of time. No, it's not. He had taught school that day, and he seemed normal to everybody. Like, nothing suspicious, nothing... Nervous, nothing out of the ordinary. That's what they say about almost every one of them, that until shit hits the fan. Right. And he had actually gone line dancing the night before. And while everybody's out looking for Ashley, he's line dancing. He admits that he plays basketball with Ashley, that they hang out and talk. But he says he's never done anything sexual with her. And he actually starts to say... Ashley's become a little obsessed with me. She's blowing up my phone nonstop. She's calling me. She's texting me. So I've kind of had to, like, you know, break away from this relationship because she's a little obsessed with me. Mm, I'm calling and, bullshit. And police are kind of like, that's not what her friends say. Because for some reason, these idiot guys never realize that when you are messing with a teenage girl, they're telling somebody. Oh, no, not just somebody. They're selling everybody they know almost. Because that's a braggy thing. This is a 26-year-old, and he's paying attention to me. Well, the friends also say, oh, by the way, she was supposed to meet Sam the day she disappeared. Yeah. So he revises his story. Nail number one in the coffin. And he says that... You know, and they also say, like, uh, her friends are like, y'all are definitely, like, doing something. Like, there's no way y'all aren't doing anything. So he tells police that they had sex in the car, in the back of the car, but they never kissed. Like, he says it like that somehow makes it better. Like... I don't understand. I don't understand. This is, I don't know what his logic was. I cannot explain it, but this is on the interrogation and you can see it. And he says this. He's like, but we didn't kiss. Creep meter is now pegged. And they're like, so you suck. They're like, you slept with this 17 year old, but you wouldn't even kiss her. Like, she's not good enough to, like, it doesn't make it better. 
No, it, it makes it worse. Yes. That. Yeah. But he did feel guilty afterwards, Clint. I call bullshit. This cocksucking motherfucker did not feel guilty afterwards. I promise you that. Well, he changes his story again. Shocker. This is why his interrogation ends up being so long. When you got to go through story number one and two and three and four, it takes a minute to get there. And then you got to keep them all straight. Or try to. He says that actually was with him the day that she went missing. And she had even been in his car. Hmm. And he says they argued. Because he wanted to end the relationship. And she is just so obsessed with him. I call bullshit. That she is just so angry. Bullshit. And he's like, pulls over on the side of the road. And he's like, you just got to get out of my car. Like, I'm done. Bullshit. And she's like, I'm not getting out of your car. I'm not getting out. And he says, like, she starts kicking. And she's screaming at him. So he drags her out the car. And he leaves her on the side of the road. And he drives away. So much bullshit. I mean, I can smell it from here. So much bullshit. And then he tells police that, yeah, he should have driven back to check on her after she was reported missing, but he was scared because he has a really weak stomach. Word for word. And if she was hit by like a car and was dead in the ditch, his little weak stomach could just not have handled seeing that. So he couldn't go back and look because he could not even watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, that just tells us right there. He's a bitch. And in the interview, he's like, I could not watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And he looks at the police officer and he's like, have you seen it? Yeah, that, that's like. That's important. There's a 17 year old missing, but you want to know the police officer seen this movie. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like a kitty cartoon compared to like something like hostile or something like that. You know, when was the remake out? Is this, is he acted like it was new and this is 2006, but I thought they'd remade it again since 2006, uh, but maybe not. I don't know right off. I mean, they've done it a couple times. I'm pretty sure. But point you need to understand is his weak stomach could not handle this. Yeah. His stomach is the only thing is weak. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like those douche. I'm about to go on a road trip to Illinois to find an ass to whoop. A detective that was not working <laughs> on the case actually walks by and sees Shelton. And he remembers him because he was in the Young Explorers program. Do you know what the Young Explorers program is? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's similar to like Boy Scouts. It's a part of Boy Scouts. So basically... It was a part, at least in this area. I don't know if it always is part of Boy Scouts, but in this area it was. I don't think it's really much of a thing down here. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. But it's where they bring young boys, I guess, and this was for Boy Scouts, but I'm sure they can do it for Girl Scouts too. Because I've seen on some Young Explorers where girls were in it, so I'm sure it's... I think Young young Explorers is more co-ed than Yeah. And you just come in and you get to, like... Meet with police officers, and they kind of tell you, you know, give you some education about being a police officer and don't do drugs and blah, blah, blah. So he had been the police officer that had done this with the Boy Scout troop for Sam Shelton. So he knew him, and he knew his family. Okay. 
So he goes into the interrogation room. Okay. Because they've got this connection. And he's like, your mom raised you better than this. Your grandmother raised you better than this. <laughs> Pulling those cards on his ass. Yes. Like, you know, they're not here, but you really need to, you know, they they want you to do the right thing. And he cracks and he's like, I just need to let them know what happened. And he's like, you got to tell me what happened first and then we can tell them what happened or whatever. Uh, road trip to Illinois. Hold on. So he goes back to the story of they are in the car and she's fighting and he drags her out of the car. But instead of leaving her on the side of the road, he says that. And some of this is going to get graphic, y'all. So just be aware. You didn't do trigger warnings, ma'am. I didn't want to give too much away. Excuse me. But this is like going to get a little graphic because he's very detailed in what happens next. He uses a wrestling chokehold on her to get her out of the car. And he hears a pop. Ooh. And realizes he's broken her neck. I know in some circumstances, broken necks can be survivable. He does not call 911. Well, naturally, wouldn't you not call 911 if you just broke somebody's neck on accident? He takes her to a different park than where Jeremy's vehicle was found. Goes into the woods and brings her into the woods. So he's doing all kind of things wrong and sketchy. When he puts her in the woods... He realizes she's actually still breathing. So he tries to strangle her with his bare hands. (laughs) But annoyingly to him, she continues to breathe. Obviously, he's not good at strangling them. So then he takes his belt off. And he puts it around her neck. And tries to strangle her again. And that still did not work? And he tells the police during his confession that he just could not look at Ashley while he strangled her. You know, he's got that weak stomach. Can't watch it. And he says he hears a death gargle and looks at her and says that he sees foam and her tongue is coming out of her mouth. But she's still breathing. (laughs) So then he puts her face down. With he's still got the belt, but now he's got his foot on her back and he's trying to choke her that way. And he does that until the belt breaks. What kind of bitch ass belt did he get? More importantly, I mean, quit strangling her. We've established <laughs> that he's a complete and total douche canoe. When the belt breaks, he goes back to using his hands. And finally, he sees that she is not breathing, and he leaves her body in the woods. So she's like 5'7 and thin, and he's six foot, 200 pounds. Yeah, this was not a fair fight. And they take pictures of him. He has no scratches or marks on him. Where he says that she was, like, kicking and scratching at him, he has nothing on him. Mm, yeah, that's... And this is the next day. So it hasn't been 
even 48 hours. He agrees to take the police to her body. So on April 29th at 2 a.m., they reach the area. And they're having trouble finding her because it's obviously it's dark, it's wooded. He was kind of amped up. And they start kind of thinking, like, maybe he's full of shit. And maybe he's not taking her to her body because they can't find her. And it's been over half an hour. And he's, like, you know, giving them, like, he kind of doesn't exactly know where he's supposed to be. And they find her. Now, this is on body cam. Was she not where he thought? He just didn't remember exactly. So it took a while to find him. They start processing the scene, and she is covered in insects and insect bites. Oh, I would think so. And they believe she's dead. They are, I mean, this is, like I said, it's on body cam. They start to treat her like a dead body and process the scene like she is dead. And, and did nobody think to check up for a pulse in this She one? looks dead. If you see, like, she straight up looks dead. Oh, well, I have no doubt. And it's been 30 hours. She's been missing 30 hours. I have no doubt, but still verify with pulse. Well, all of a sudden her chest rises, and I'm pretty sure the police officer, like, jumps. And they're like, <laughs> holy crap, she is not dead. She's breathing. Calling the cavalry and the... Every rescue team we got right now. And she can't communicate. And they're not even sure she's going to make it to the hospital. Like I said, it's been 30 hours. She is life flighted to Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital in Missouri and placed in an induced coma. And police arrest Sam Shelton and charge him with first degree attempted murder. On his interrogation, so you can actually see this. He is so worried about this 17-year-old girl that he has strangled multiple times, basically, that is now being life-flighted to a hospital, that he's like, I know I'm going to jail. Am I going to be able to get my toothbrush and my contact lens solution? Uh, No, motherfucker. And then he tells them that he has this condition where he can't pee in front of people. So he's oh, going well. to need a private toilet. Oh, fucking well. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? He about to be a prison bitch to multiple people up in that pen. Even Nala agrees. <laughs> I don't know if they heard her or not, but she's like... Probably not, but uh, yeah, she definitely... <laughs> Gave a little round. <laughs> that was her agreement. <laughs> Initially, he was denied bail. And then they lower his bail to $800,000. Why? <sighs> Excellent question. He meets bail. He is placed under house arrest with an ankle monitor. And he pled not guilty. Even though they've got a confession, he's pled not guilty. Hmm. Why do they love to do that? Idiots. As soon as Sam Shelton gets home from bail, he completely behaves himself. I call bullshit. I knew you would. This man is home three and a half hours 
and calls an 18-year-old girl to come over and visit him that was from the same town as Ashley. Three and a half hours. Oh, no, motherfucker. And her parents freak out and call the police, and they're like, can y'all not stop him? And they're like, if she goes to the house, and we can't, like, there's nobody that says, there's no law that says that he can't have people over. Like, he can't leave, but we can't stop people from coming over. Girls, do not go for the bad boys. They're nothing but trouble. This isn't even bad boy. This is awful. You can't fix the douche canoes. Later on, while he's on bail, he takes some prescription medications and alcohol in a possible suicide attempt. Police don't really believe this was a suicide attempt. They just think it was like... I'm gonna get high. Theater. No, they think it's theater to like make him look like he was remorseful when he's really not. He ends up being fined, but he was extremely combative with police and medical staff. And he was actually charged with aggravated battery and pled not guilty to this as well. Hmm. Prosecutors say he attacked deputies and medical technicians who tried to revive him May 8th after the suicide attempt. And he is accused of kicking a St. Elizabeth's hospital nurse in the face, rude, and spitting on a deputy who was guarding him after the suicide attempt. So he was charged with six felony accounts of aggravated assault in connection with the attacks. For some reason, these charges are later dropped. What the fuck? In 2007, for Ashley's case, he is given a plea deal. Why? Mainly because Ashley's parents were very concerned about her dealing with trial. Believe it or not, there are a lot of people who blamed her. Because she was cheating on her boyfriend, and she should have known better, and... What were you doing flirting with the teacher? Because he was so charming and that so manipulative. That still doesn't give him the right to kill her, choke her, whatever. I agree. You agree. The only choking that is acceptable is like kinky choking when it it is approved by both parties. But like... Belt choking, not acceptable. Leaving you in the woods choking, not acceptable. No. Woods choking... In a kinky form, acceptable. Woods choking with intent to kill and leave you there, not acceptable. I don't know about the first one. <laughs> I have questions. I mean, it depends on what you're into. But it still falls in the acceptable category. Only if you're camping. Well. Still. All right, let's move on. <laughs> but they give him a plea deal. In court, the judge is asking Sam Shelton, like, all these questions. You know how they have to ask all these questions if you're doing a plea deal? You have to be like, I wasn't forced into this plea, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So the judge is asking him, like, has anybody threatened you into making this plea? And Dumbutt says, yes, that his, his family and his friends have been threatened by the Reeves family and others online. A, that's not what he meant. And B... You got what you got. How many brain cells actually function in this idiot's head? We're about to have some more fun. We're going to talk about his mom. Uh, I'm I'm betting not many. It's a hereditary thing, I think. 
Oh, is mommy not much better? Not. Oh, Lord. His mother's name is Susan. Why do you bring these shit shows into my life like this? <laughs> to entertain you. You uh, like saying I call bullshit. I like to give you things that help you with that. I might have to come up with another phrase. <laughs> Mommy and grandmother claimed they reluctantly accepted a plea deal because of the, quote, continuing demonization of Sam. And it was guaranteed that Sam could not get a fair trial. Oh, bullshit. Shut- How about Sam not do shit require a fucking trial? His family said that it was a complete accident and that he had never tried to kill her. Nah, fam, it don't work like that. It, it no, no. I, this is her statement. I'm going to quote it. Mommy's statement? Mommy's statement. I realized that he hurt her. And he thought she was dead and he tried to cover that up. But she contends that that does not constitute attempted murder. And when asked whether she was disappointed, her son did not apologize because he's never apologized to this day. She says, quote, not in this case, no. You make your kid apologize like if they hit somebody on the arm. Need to come haunt that bitch straight in the next state. She also criticized the St. Clair County Sheriff's Department for taking credit for saving her son's life during a suicide attempt. And she said, that is not true. They tasered him time after time. He couldn't stand up. He couldn't reason on his own, she said. And the police said that they did shock him with a taser, but that's because he was kicking and hitting them, and he was combative. Yeah, and you take high person that is unreasonable. You got to knock the ass down one way or another, and, uh, Tasers are usually a decent way to start. In case you were wondering, this wonderful example of humanity is also a teacher. Still? I don't know about still, but when when this happened, she was teaching first grade at Smithton Elementary School. Uh. I bet she wouldn't let the first graders get away with choking somebody and not apologizing. Okay, now I got two people's ass to go kick in Illinois. I'm about to call off some vacation at work, and we're going to take a road trip. The Reeves family did sue the Shelton family for medical and rehab expenses. Don't know if or how much they got. His mother paid for that bail in cash, $80,000 cash. Then the attorney was planning to try and get the $80,000 not returned to them, but given to the Reeves family. But like I said, I, could, I didn't see any uh, follow-up Reeves family needs a hell of a lot more than 80 hey. Yeah, because we're going to talk about what she went through in her recovery. For his plea deal, he was sentenced to 20 years. That's it? That's it? If he'd gone to jail, he could have gotten anywhere from 6 to 60 years. Like if he'd gone to trial. And been convicted. It could have been 6 to 60. So he took the plea deal for 20. And he's incarcerated at Hill Correctional Facility in Illinois. And he is eligible for parole in 2024. Mm, Hopefully he gets denied. Even so, he'll still get out two years later. 
He doesn't have to serve more than 20. Well, hopefully he cannot walk or sit right anymore. And Bubba has had his way with his backside. Ashley was in the hospital from April 29th until May 23rd, 2006. On the 23rd, she was transferred to an inpatient rehab. And on June 22nd, 2006, she was able to go home with her family. A relatively quick recovery, all things considered. She pretty much demanded to go home. She had to be retrained to eat. Like she couldn't swallow water. Mm -hmm. Drink. Walk again. Talk. Everything. I mean, she was... When the court case was still going on, she was still going to outpatient rehab. So all the normal, everyday things that most humans do that we take for granted. Like she couldn't do zippers she couldn't speak at first i mean she they really did not know what when she initially got there she was unconscious for quite a while they really did not i mean it's a brain injury brain injuries are the most difficult to predict Mm -hmm. it's a miracle that she recovered not just brain injury but i would assume a spinal injury as well she ended up having like some swelling she was also like a random thing to think about she had so many insect bites that she got infected. She was running like 104 fever. That, I'm wanting to say that seems reasonable, but I know that's not the right phrase. I want to, It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It, like it's awful that it happened because it means she couldn't move. So she was stuck just having, to, and you really, she doesn't have a good memory of what happened. Right. So hopefully having, she could not feel it. But she can't really remember. Like, she didn't know what happened to her. Having gone camping without a tent before and just sleeping open on the open ground. Yeah, you alive, half alive, mostly dead, whatever you want, state you want to be in. You want to get insects. It sucks. I just hope she couldn't feel them. And she doesn't remember. She knows she was in the car with him. She believes, like, she doesn't remember the actual event. But she thinks she was breaking up with him. Like, that was her plan that day, was to be like, because she felt guilty. Because of Jeremy. I feel like he. Because this only happened in two months. They just started talking again in February, and this is April. I'm. So, that's not two months, but, you know, right there. Every I'm going to throw April. a theory. She gets guilty conscience, wants to break up with uh, our douche canoe. He doesn't like this idea. He gets violent and takes the mentality of, I can't have you. Nobody can. I, I feel like he's not been told no a lot. No is a perfectly valid answer. Right. Can I? No. It's yeah, simple. You're right. They definitely ran up. They did a lot of fundraisers for her because they definitely ran up a lot of Medical bills. Oh, I can only imagine how high those medical bills were. You know, and rehab is not cheap Mm-mm. by any means. No. And they were actually wanting to keep her longer in rehab, but she wanted to go home. She was just like, I need to be home. And I I can't blame her on that, especially if she was to a point where she was mostly self-sufficient again. She couldn't feed herself. She could eat food, but she couldn't feed herself. Like, she shook too much at that point. But, I mean... Mm-hmm. They actually make 
dinnerware now specifically for people that mm-hmm. shake very bad that use gyroscopic st- uh, stabilization to where, yeah, the handle's going to shake everywhere, but the food, the functional portion where the food goes remains steady so that people with those type of ailments can't eat. I think they created that initially for Parkinson's. I want to say yes. And actually, the technology that went into it is phenomenal. Her recovery has been kind of like nothing less than amazing. She was actually able to graduate from high school still in 2007. So she was a decent student, is what you're saying? Mm -hmm. And she now has two children and a good job. And leads a... I'm going to assume fairly she normal She lives life. still in Illinois. She lives by her parents. And what does she think about uh, El Douche Canoe possibly getting out in a couple, or getting out in a few years? She's done interviews, but they were um, several years ago, so not recent. Mm-hmm. And she kind of, she really just tries to keep a low profile. I'm guessing she doesn't have doesn't, much, if any, social yeah, she media presence. Re- really say too much i think she's just you know she wanted to be by her parents um she didn't end up with jeremy they do end up breaking up but he it appears that he stood by her side and like because he had given her like a promise ring before stood by her side through the whole ordeal yeah and she was just like you know this has changed my life you know basically it was more like i've got to focus on getting better and she was like you need to be out having fun and i can't even walk so kind of a selfless breakup, so to speak. Kind of the way it appeared. There's no, the, I, I can only hope that they still kind of keep in touch and are still friendly with each other. I would think so. The um <laughs> the movie is called Left for Dead, the Ashley Reeves story. And Emma Kinney does a YouTube channel and she does this case and she does a really good job on it. So that plus several articles are what I use for my resources. But it's definitely the fact that she survived is a miracle. And it, I would love to see they did not show. I don't know if they just weren't didn't have because they were so busy taking care of Ashley because he was with them and he thought she was dead. So when she started breathing and they were like, oh, she's alive. I would love to have seen his face. I would love to see that. Yeah, but would he have gotten a harder sentence if she would have actually died? He would have. They always get more. They always get more. I don't under... Attempted murder should be treated like murder. There's nothing that he did that kept her from being dead. No. Nothing. So he should not get less time. Just because she managed to fight Because she's stronger than he is. And apparently has like the best neck ever. Like, I mean, he was a PE teacher and a wrestler. So you figure he could have strangled her in a heartbeat. I don't give a shit what he is. He's a fucking piece of shit. I agree. I mean, we're talking, you know, he's way up on the piece of shit scale. I think he was like, I mean, especially considering he called that other girl. Like as soon as he got home. Mm hmm. That's just shit. He apparently has a thing for teenagers. And I guarantee that she's not the only one that he was doing stuff with. They may not have come out because people didn't want that shit to come out. And that was 2006. But 
I can Garrett, only hope Bubba and his friends turned his ass out. Because yeah, he's not going to be, let's see, he was 26, so he'll be like 46 at the oldest, which is still pretty young. I mean, that's, I'll be 46 next mm, two months. I'll be 40. I know. I'm excited. Does that mean I can get a Corvette? No. The midlife crisis. No. <laughs> Negative. Not even the new C8? No. We can't afford it. If we could afford it? No. But the C8's the best looking one. If we could afford it, you could buy me... Oh, you'd be rolling an R8, I promise. Exactly. So, And that's better. But you'd have to learn how to drive stick because you don't get that t- that level of car without a, with an automatic. Okay, I'd have to get something else. <laughs> Sadly. <sighs> Any more commentary? Thoughts? Well, Other than he's a douche canoe? When's his release date? Because we're going to take a road trip to Illinois and uh, we're going to meet him outside. It depends on if he gets approved for parole in 2020. He don't deserve parole. I would hope not. I don't think he... I- I don't give a shit how model of a prisoner he's been in there. He does not deserve parole. As awful as he is, his mom <coughs> pisses me off just as much. Oh, we're going to go visit Mama, too. I don't know if she's still alive. That's why I don't know if she... I. If she ain't, we're going to find out where she at. And, uh, yeah. I'll drink a whole bunch of water on the way there. <laughs> it's just... I don't know. The... We jokingly use this word a lot, but the audacity of, well, she's 17. Let me just leave her out in the woods. That whole, I mean, I can't speak on grandma, but mama and douche canoe are pieces of shit. The way they described the grandma was matriarch, like what she said goes. So what she said goes, and these other two are assholes, I feel like. She's probably an asshole, too. Well, we, we cannot confirm that with the information that we have available to us. There wasn't quotes in there. I mean, but, like, explain to me how you are going to, you have your son, in his own words, on tape saying, I put a belt around her neck and tried to choke her. And then you're going to look somebody in the face and be like, well, it was an accident. He didn't mean to do it. I'm sorry. He broke a damn belt. Where's the accident in that? Yeah, there is no accident. Even Because I don't believe the first part was an accident. I think that's just him trying to cover his ass. But even if that first part, here's the pop, and that's an accident. Okay. At that point, you're a grown-ass adult, and you made a decision. Yep. Even prior to that point, you were a grown-ass adult, and you made a yeah, conscious decision. Yeah, like, they don't even, you're a teacher, and you know what kind of authority teachers have, and you weren't the least bit pissed off that your grown-ass son was sleeping with a 17-year-old, but not kissing her. Don't worry, he wasn't kissing her. That don't make it any better. Yeah, and he tried to make it, oh, like, we only had sex one time because I felt guilty. Like, nobody believes that, so shut up. I, I can't think of enough bad things to say about him or mama. They're, they're shit. Absolute shit. He was more concerned about what his mom and his grandmother were going to think than he was about Ashley. 
That's what made him confess. Yeah. Not that her parents didn't know where she was and that she was out in the cold. And that her parents were freaking out because they didn't know where their oldest daughter was. And I'll be willing to bet within a few more days, she probably actually would have died. And I I said it, but I'm just going to remind you of it. He went line dancing at a bar after he did this. He thought he murdered a 17-year-old and left her in the woods. And he is, they actually did a, like a country show recording at this. So there is tape of him line dancing. He gave no fucks about her. Zero. Less than zero. Nothing. No concern, no guilt, no remorse. Can I have my contact solution? I no, can't motherfucker. Pee. I can't pee in front of other people. You're going to have a busted bladder then. So does that mean he get like, this is really weird. So I'm assuming, I guess he goes to a stall every time he goes to a public restroom. It, that's the bitch thing to do. <laughs> I mean, most guys pee anywhere. I mean, he lives where there's snow. I thought y'all just lived to write your little names in the snow and all kind of stuff. You're just jealous. I think it would be nice to be able to pee anywhere on God's green earth because... It is convenient. I, but... I will admit to being on some uh, long-range road trip, being on deserted gravel road, actually. Somewhere between here and Mississippi, I think it was. And yeah, I had to pee, so I just pulled over on the side of the gravel road. It was nothing but woods as far as you could see. Hit the ditch. <laughs> I don't love you. I mean, it's not fair. You got to do what you got to do sometimes. Not fair. I All right. I didn't say it was fair. Got anything else you want to add, Slip Butt? Uh, thank our listeners again. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And pretty, pretty, please go give us a five star review on what Apple accent Bu- was that? I don't know. <laughs> Pretty, pretty, please. Weirdo. Whichever accent makes them go give us a five-star review. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give Whatever you Whatever you would like to hear. <laughs> You're so weird sometimes. <laughs> this is why we get along so well. <laughs> <laughs> I do what I can do. So I guess at that note, we can say our closing so- statements. Bye, y'all. We'll see y'all next time. Oh, God. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Why don't you just say redneck?